Ah, yes, I must confess my sins. I have sinned against myself, actually. I watched one of the stupidest movies I have ever seen in my life. Uh, it was called Christine. It's about some loser who fixes up a car that is possessed by evil, of course. Um, of course, he has a girlfriend, and, you know, it's, it's, it was such a stupid movie. I watched it to the end because it was so ridiculous, I had to see how it turned out. <laughs> it's just, so I feel like an idiot for watching something like that, because, I mean, uh, I just, I don't know who writes this stuff, but it's almost like Maverick. Um, you have to have a certain personality uh, to watch different genres of, of just like music listening to music you have to have a certain personality uh you know in, intellectual capability or disability i mean you have to be a certain type of person to watch stuff like this and really think you're watching something worthwhile uh personally <laughs> i felt like an idiot when it was over um yeah i'm gonna give you the spoilers why not you know the girl lives course the kid who fixed up the car the car kills him because the car is jealous because he loves his girlfriend supposedly but he says he doesn't love her but the car kills him anyway the very end of the movie the car after being all smashed all to hell was taken to um uh, you know a wrecking yard a car crusher the mob used to do that throw people in the trunk then send the car off to be crushed into a you know a cube uh, more of a rectangle but and then shipped off, you know, to China or Japan or something. They compact the car into a cube. It was a Plymouth, I think, a Fury, like a 1959 or something or 60. I don't know. It was a very old car. And, of course, just to screw with your intellect, you know, in your psyche, um, one of the uh, characteristics of the car was the radio would come on and only play old songs from the 50s very annoying that stuff was crap so anyway <laughs> uh right at the end of the movie the compacted car is sitting there it's more the shape of a rectangle but um a box you know so it's not uh, it's not a cube it's a rectangular shape three-dimensional shape and they hear music and they think, oh my goodness, the freaking car is coming back alive. And of course, some old, you know, middle-aged loser walks by with a boom box. It's not a nice touch. And they go, oh, they're relieved. Also, then when they start to leave, you see part of the trim of the car, which is part of the compacted car, moves. Because the car had the ability to repair itself, restore itself. So we got if it got smashed in accidents or like it caught on fire, that was part of the movie. It was able to restore itself to pristine condition. Like it used the human driver, it used the human's energy to restore itself. Um, of course, it was a very jealous car too. The name of the car was Christine, um, and the car killed. The, its last uh, killed its previous owner, killed his daughter, killed his wife, and then killed the kid who restored it. Yeah, just desserts. Anyways, that's not what I'm talking. That's not what I'm going to talk about. What I wanted to talk about this evening. Um, well, let me 
this morning. Forget about it. Let me begin by saying this. Forget about the Christine stuff. That was just me venting. Um, last night, I felt like to divorce myself from the constant stream of BS. Yes, and you know what those two initials stand for. So I got rid of Twitter, got rid of Getter, got rid of True Social. What else did I get rid of? Ah, well, I got rid of those. I got rid of something else, but those were the major ones. Getter, Truth Social, Twitter, and there was one more. Uh, oh, I got rid of uh, a news channel. Um, I divorced myself from all that stuff. Now for news, I only have the AP and the Washington Times. Those are the only two I have. The only social media platform I use is Instagram. That's it. I don't use Snapchat. I don't use any, you know, I use Telegram too, but that's with only with two other people, three other people. Um, but what I noticed was I was being heavily influenced and spending tremendous amounts of time checking and reading and commenting. And I noticed in myself, I was getting more sarcastic, if you ever thought that was possible. Um, and even mean-spirited in some of my comments because it was so offensive to me. So, you know, things Biden's doing and Pelosi and AOC and these people and transgenders running around, you know, Christina Aguilera with a strap on. You know, all that kind of stuff. It was so offensive that it was having an influence on me, and I didn't like the influence. And um, a few times at night, I felt you know, spiritual impressions that um, not to do that. Then when there was a conference talk where our the prophet of our church, the president of our church, was encouraging us not to t participate in a negative way on social media. Well, I got my marching orders. So I kept the social media and tried to overcome my tendency in that area and found it very difficult. So I determined that for me, seeing how, one, it was wasting tremendous amounts of my time, two, it was having a negative influence upon me, and three, I was going against the council of the president of our church to be more spiritual and, and be more tolerant and more forgiving of people. All those things were affecting me. So my decision was to get rid of it, and what a difference, yes. Um, I still make snarky comments on Instagram when I see stupidity, but I probably reduced, without exaggeration, I reduced my exposure and the influence it had on me probably by 80%, seriously, because I only go to Telegram when I get a message from the people I'm associated with, you know, friends of mine, and I only go to Insta I do more Instagram postings, but that's going to change too. And I set my account to private to keep all these girls who want to show me pictures of their stuff and want me to follow them and send them money so I can see them without their clothes on. Very boring. I don't know why they. I, I, one of them even messaged me asking me to follow her so she could send me videos of herself doing various things. Um, and I could cash app her money. She it wasn't a cat. It didn't say cash app. It was some of their means of of um, payment. And I just told her I'm not into that. Um, I'm going to block you because I'm doing you a favor. Because I'll never freaking go to your site. I'll never watch your videos, and I'll never send you money. So let's forget about it. So I got rid of her. 
Then I had another woman. Well, we say one. They present themselves as women. Who knows who they are? They might be fags for all I know. I don't know. Who cares? Because I'm not going to get involved with them. She sent me a message saying she wanted to send me $2,000. Well, I don't need $2,000. I have my own money. I have my own resources. So I politely declined. That's, what, that's the first thing I did. I politely declined. Then she got into an argument with me, an argument, a discussion, um, about uh, why would I refuse $2,000? You know, she was going to give it to me. Why would I say no to that? And I told her my mommy told me not to accept gifts from strangers. But see, the indications were that it was BS because she didn't laugh or, you know, she didn't make any comment would have, that would have um, kind of displayed that she was playing around. But, you know, I did that on purpose to see what her response was. And when her response was direct and more professional than it was, laugh or yeah that's funny or anything like that <coughs> excuse me i knew the purpose was for her benefit and not mine so she said no i've got this two thousand dollars i want to give it to you can't you use it and everything and i told her to give it to somebody else and then i told her i said look it why don't we just end this because i know what you're trying to do and I'm not interested in the money and I'm not interested in getting screwed by somebody online over money so I'm going to say goodbye and you move on to somebody else you're going to have success with because you're not going to have success with me. So that I ditched her. Well, then I, after that, I decided I would go with a private account and not have to deal with that. If people request, I'll check their profile, um, and then I'll feel for whether I should or shouldn't. And if I feel like I should, I will. And if I feel like I shouldn't, I won't. That's it. Go with that gut feeling. The interesting thing was, in the point what I'm talking about, is how easily in this day and age with the logarithms and sophisticated ways of influencing people and the social justice warrior uh, attempts, the combined efforts of media and individuals can have a tremendous influence on our life and can steal our time can distract us from the things that are most important for us to be attending to and can reduce our effectiveness in our own lives and in the responsibility we have to ourselves. It would, And I realized that. I realized that once before I took action and I got weak and came back and left and I got weak and came back. This time I'm galvanized about coming back. Twitter, uh, if Elon Musk purchases Twitter, Yahoo, good for him. He owns Twitter. Um, Twitter, Getter, Truth Social, all those types of um, online applications where you can voice your opinion and be in solidarity with certain people or causes and such, to me, are a serious waste of time. You can voice your opinion. You can do a lot of things on there. You can follow people and support people and everything. But if you look at the influence that you will have, the impact you'll have on all these causes that you support or the people you support, and how it really affects your life, it doesn't. Except that it takes time away from you, distracts and refocuses 
your efforts on something that's not going to really benefit you. You have much more um, influence at the voting booth, you know, every two years for Congress and every six years for senators and every four years for president. You have more impact on your life and on society with your vote at those periods of time than you'll ever have posting things on social media. You'll spend less time and you'll make a greater effort at the voting booth than you will going on social media. Now, I do understand that it is therapeutic to a degree. It is. And when you find good people, that's always nice. But the truth of the matter is, it's a very small slice of reality, which can be a very large slice of your life. And when you compare the slice of your, you know, life that you're giving to those things and the amount of reality that's associated with it, you're cheating yourself. Um, the reality is very low. And it's almost impossible to determine unless you actually meet the people. Or if there's a well-known person that, you know, is being like President Trump, who we know he lives, he was the president, he's got tremendous exposure. <coughs> Excuse me. You can have that type of experience with someone who's, you know, been identified but with people who have who haven't that you're involved with, unless you meet them in person, you have no real idea what what type of person they are or what what's going on in their life or anything. It's uh, it's what your perception. It's all perception, um, and you can have, I mean, some very very real. Um, associations or connections to people online um, that are strictly based on those perceptions. And if you saw them in real life or spent time with them, you might be surprised just how different they really are or how you perceive them and now you meet them and spend time with them and your perceptions change. Yeah, Or maybe you get to know them and online and because they are living a double life, there's so many contradictions in how they presented themselves and then the things they slip and tell you that you realize it's all BS. Yeah, there's various scenarios that can play out. But the point I'm trying to make is that it is better to limit your time online and the things that you do online, such as I did with Twitter and Getter and Truth Social and news, you know, news agent uh, outlets. I limit myself to Telegram because I have two dear friends on Telegram. Um, and I limited myself with Instagram, figuring I would use Instagram to relieve some of the trauma from cutting out all those things out of my life. I mean, it's, it's like getting cancer cut out of you. You know, you feel the, the removal, you feel the loss of the tissue, and then you've got the scar to remind you. I have the scars that remind me not to go back to Twitter and or Getter or True Social, not to waste my time voicing my opinion or showing my support for those people. Um, the responsibilities that I have to myself and to my family, to my friends, to my church far outweigh 
the time that social media demands of you or exacts from you. It always starts out small, social media. Then you, somebody tells you, well, how are, are you on Instagram? No, what's Instagram? Oh, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Now you have Instagram. Um, hey, I want to be able to message you. Once you have Telegram, the Telegram, what's that? Well, this and that, but now you have Telegram. The cumulative effect is the more people you meet who have different types of apps they use, the more apps you put on your phone. So you may have a group of people who are using five or six or seven different apps, Hangouts, whatever the hell they use, and you have downloaded those and set up accounts with all of those to stay in touch with all these people Stay in touch with the people who have Snapchat but don't use Hangouts or Telegram or Instagram. Because some people use a single app. Some use two. Most people use several. So all of a sudden, with these people you've met and corresponded with, you have to have five, six, seven apps on your phone, and you're getting a constant stream of information and input from these people. All these different apps are lighting up and people leaving you messages and sending you little videos. And it's common courtesy and desired, you know, the desire to be respectful and, you know, courteous to as quickly as you can send the message back or acknowledge the post that somebody put up on Instagram or whatever, in, you know, Telegram, whatever. It's common courtesy to as quickly as you can respond. RSVP. That's just, you know, that's what decent people do. So now you have all these people um, on all these different apps sending you stuff that you need the RSVP on. Very stressful, time-consuming. Time-consuming. Um, and what will happen is that will become your new reality. You'll procrastinate things you're supposed to do. Um you you won't have the energy to do some of the things you do if you are married or have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Your relationship will suffer. It'll it'll impact your life directly in ways that you never would have dreamed it would. That's the truth. <coughs> Excuse me. That was one of the reasons I got rid of that stuff. It was impacting my life in a way I didn't like. It was actually slowing down my progress and distracting me. A few days ago, um, my daughter, she just went back to work, and she's got a lot of things going on. And we haven't seen each other for a couple of weeks, I think a week and a half, because now she's working and, and you know I don't go up there as often. And she can't come down here because she's only getting one day off a week. So she's working six days a week. Um, so it came into my mind that I should uh, call her and, and invite her to drive south about a, an hour. And then I would drive north about an hour and 45 minutes. And I would meet her in this town. It's called Garden City. It's by Bear Lake. And I own a piece of property up there. So I said to her... I said, hey, what do you, because it was her day off. I called her Tuesday and Tuesday night. And I said, I was talking to her. She said, yeah, I've got tomorrow off. I got to run some errands. So I said, well, you want to have lunch together? I said, if you drive down south and meet me in Garden City, I'll drive north and meet you there. We can have lunch together, walk on the beach, go to the, I said, we could even drive up the road to Paris, Idaho and see the tabernacle. Well, she was delighted. 
Oh, yeah, squish is squash. I'm, she's squish, I'm squash. And my wife was squash. So anyway, um, we rendezvoused about 12 o'clock. We, uh, because I, was, I had to get some gas, it slowed me down. So I told her, why don't you drive to Paris, Idaho Tabernacle, and I'll meet you there, and we'll tour the Tabernacle first. And then after we tour the Tabernacle, we'll drive to Garden City and, you know, get some lunch walk the beach, enjoy the, the beauty of the beach, and then you can go back home when you have to. Because the Wednesday was a friend of mine's birthday party, and I had ordered uh, a present for them from Amazon. So anyway, that's real life. And that was very satisfying. It was wonderful to see her. Uh, the tabernacle is breathtakingly beautiful. It was just gorgeous. Took a picture, of, the guy took a picture of my daughter and I outside the front door. Then we went to, a, I don't remember the name of the place. I got a pastrami sandwich and, you know, Dr. Pepper, and she got a fish sandwich. So we went, we got a bite to eat, sat down, talked, enjoyed the beauty of the day. Then we went to the beach and hung out at the beach and enjoyed. And then I had her leave her car at the Paris Tabernacle. Because why two people driving two cars? Because I wanted to spend some time with her. So after we went to the beach, she said she needed to go back about 3 o'clock. She said, I need to be heading home because I've got a couple more things to do. Which was good because I had to come home and pick up the birthday present for my friend. It was being delivered to my house. Wonderful, real-life experience. And I that's how I would say... If you want to get the most out of life, that's the way to do it. Spend your time living life with living people. Don't waste your time going to apps and commenting on President Trump, how great he is, and I'll vote for you in 2024. He might not even be alive. Yeah. People say the strangest things. Um, or I know people have these romantic relationships online with people. They never met them. But they're in love with them. I mean, I had a couple guys tell me that. Wow. I've had a couple guys. Well, I've known a couple women, too. But especially these two guys were convinced that this woman loved them. And, oh, we're going to live together forever and all this kind of stuff. He traveled across the country and married the damn woman. Just from visiting her online and all that, he drives, he moves his entire everything. Just packs up and moves, I mean, from one coast to the other. Gets married to the woman, and they have hellacious fights. And she's very immature, so she kicks them out. And then they reconcile. Then she have another big fight, she kicks them out. I mean, I wouldn't put up with that BS. No way in hell I'd put up with that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, but anyways, and then I had another friend. Um, he found a well, he found a woman uh, that he was convinced he was getting ready to do his thing too. And I said, "You haven't even freaking met her like that." And he said, "No." And I said, "Well, what are you going to do if you meet her and you just discover you don't like her?" Oh no, we're Man, George, you understand, she just loves me so much. So he listened to me, thank goodness. It felt like just, mm. I said, why don't you do this? 
don't freaking pack your stuff up and move to where she lives. Although I'm an advocate, if you love a woman, you go to her. You don't expect her to come to you. Unless she wants to, like say, have a very good job, a position, and and she says no, uh, you know, and maybe she wants to leave anyway. But if she consents to coming to you, then you help her make that move. You don't say, well, you know, pack your stuff up and you know, pay your way here when you get here. Great, you freaking go there and marry her and then move her to where you live. That's what you do. Otherwise, you're a pos in my book. So my counsel to him was, uh, you know, I said, why don't you do this? First of all, throw some water on yourself. You're freaking hot. I said, you know, I said, I wonder why you're marrying her. He said, oh, no, I love her so much. She loves me. I thought, yeah, I just wants to have sex. So this is what I told him. I said, look, she's only, I think, two states away from him or something. I was like, he's in, it'd be like he was in California. Um, and he had to go across Nevada and come to Utah. So it was like there was a state between them, if I remember right. I said, just do this. Take a couple of days off in conjunction to a weekend or three days off plus the weekend, whatever, count for driving, and go over there and meet her and do things with her. Get to know her in person and see what you like. Because I said, let me just tell you the way this works. When you marry her, she has legal recourse with you. While you're dating, she's got nothing. Um, you know, if you're shacking up, she really doesn't have anything there either. But a marital commitment is a legal contract. And I said, you need to go there and spend some time with her and do things with her and make sure not just that you want her, but that she wants you too. I say she may meet you and go, damn, what the hell? Was he standing on a chair when he was talking to me? I said, you never know how the woman's going to react when they actually meet you. Um, you may have mannerisms or, or habits that she doesn't like. Maybe you pick your teeth or scratch your crotch or whatever. Or you say, you know, because I knew a guy, the woman just pulled her hair out because he'd say, hey, yeah, uh, you know, do you know? He'd say, yeah, um, you know, there's not really flat, you know. Everything was you know on the end. And it, it irritated her because it is kind of stupid. It implies you're an idiot when someone says, yeah, the car's parked outside, you know. Or, yeah, um, it's 12 o'clock now, you know. When you put the you know on the end, it's very insulting. It drove her insane. So I wanted him to go meet this woman, wine and diner, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm not a proponent of having premarital sex. I wasn't encouraging him to screw her, but I was I was encouraging him to really get to know her and, and kiss her too. I said, you'd be surprised. I kissed a woman one time and I wanted to slit my throat. It was like, ugh, damn. Yeah, it was it was just unbelievably unsatisfying. It was, it was, yeah, it was like uh, it happened one time, and then after that, I had no desire. That was it. She couldn't kiss worth hell. Uh, uh, just the whole experience was bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. He listened to me. Yeah, one of the few. Went and visited her and realized he didn't want her, didn't want to marry her.
Yeah. She seemed to really like him and thought things were going well. And I warned him. I said, I'm going to tell you how to do this. If you go there and you still want her and you got to have her and she wants you, then don't waste any time. Go get married. Make the arrangements. If she's going to move to where you are or what's ever going to happen. Um, if you're that committed to one another and you really want her and she wants you to go for it. I said, if she doesn't want you and she doesn't treat you well, then just leave. Just say, well, it was nice to meet you, but, you know, this isn't working out, so I'll let you go. And that's said, then get out of there. I said, if you get there, she really likes you, but you don't want her. Yeah, I said, that's a toughie. But I said, you need to be honest with her. And just tell her, you know, I really like you. We have online, we had a great friendship online. Um, and I wouldn't tell her I want to continue on our online friendship. Because the woman really needs to be freed up to find somebody. Because that's what she's doing. So I told him, I said, what you just tell her is, you know, <clears throat> I loved our, our talks and everything online and stuff. And I'm glad I came, you know, was able to come and, and meet you and everything. Um, but I just, you know, I have to be honest with you. I just don't have the desire to get involved with you. But I said, just tell her the freaking honest women get their feelings hurt and you get depressed and, you know, whine, whine and cry and all that, but they appreciate honesty. She will get over it. And if she's been married and divorced, she's already been rejected. So she'll work through it. But I said, for heaven's sakes, don't lie to her. Don't tell her. Yeah, well, this is so great. Yeah, I'm going to go back and get everything all set up so I can come back and marry you. I said, don't lie to her. Freaking tell her the truth. And don't prolong the relationship. Let her move on to somebody else. And you need to move on to somebody else. Because nothing worse than having a crush on a woman, realizing you shouldn't get involved with her, and then feeling you know lonely or... You know, or, or something about her you really liked or something. And then thinking that, um, and I'll give you a classic. Um, I've had friends who did that. Um, one of them missed. She was a freaking witch too. Uh, bossy, snotty. I mean, she was just, but they had sex. Yeah. And she basically told him, Hey, you screwed me. No, that, that means we get married. I'm not, and I'm not exaggerating. This was in the Air Force. I couldn't believe it. Um, she was a loudmouth, freaking bossy, uh, and he was a really good guy, but he was kind of like a baby male, you know, hey, uh, you know, hey, come on, we're leaving. Oh, okay, honey, I'll be right there. No, you come here right now. That's how she was. Um, and that's what happened. Uh, it was a motocross party and that moved to somebody's house and everybody was drinking and smoking pot and stuff and. Um, they went off and he put the living screws to her, just took her up in the bedroom, uh, upstairs bedroom and had it, you know, had sex with her. And then a couple of days later, she starts pressuring him for marriage saying, I, I, I gave you my pussy. Now you can marry me. Basically is what she said. She was pretty vulgar. He married her and she was, oh my goodness, whip cracker. I'm not kidding you. Um, Everywhere that he went, she was there. And if she, luckily she liked me because if she didn't like you, she lets you know it. And if she didn't like you, he wasn't supposed to like you either. 
Um, yeah, but he was a good guy, a good likable guy. So all he would say is, you know, he'd say stuff like, well, my wife's coming, going to be out here in a minute, or my wife's in the car, she's coming in. You better just, you know, kind of like stay away from me or just play it low or something. So she doesn't say anything. He would, he would do stuff like that. I don't think he really wanted to marry her. I never asked him because it's not my business. I don't think he really wanted to marry her as much as he felt obligated to marry her uh, because they had sex. Um, and, and her feeling was, you know, if I gave it up, uh, it should be good enough to marry. And I agree with her with that. If you're going to charm a woman and you want to have sex with her, you should be willing to marry her. Like they used to say when I was a kid, you'd hear the adults saying, you know, complaining about a guy who, you know, screwed a woman and didn't marry. They'd say, yeah, well, the rules are she's good enough to screw. She's good enough to marry. So there were very strict rules. And if you got a girl pregnant when I was a kid, you were going to marry her. That was the other rule, too. Um, you can go have your fun and all that stuff, but if that girl gets pregnant, you're going to be the father. That's all there is to it. And they'll help you raise the kid because you're young and you got to finish school and all that. After, right out of high school, you're going to be getting a freaking job and supporting that girl and that baby as the husband and father. Those were the rules. Um, online relationships and friendship. I have some very good ones. I've got three, um, well, four, take it, sorry, I <laughs> the count. Um, they can be very, very real, very good, with very real and very good people. They can be hell on earth with, with people who are not good or people who make choices that are not good, you know, who pretend and lie and all that other BS. Um, so I'm not saying that online relationships of themselves are, or you know, are something to be avoided. I'm just saying use wisdom, use judgment, um, and pay attention to the people you're involved with, the way they, the way they are as a, as a person, um, the truth of their words, um, the interest they seem to have or not have in you, uh, the time that, you know, your interaction, what's your interactions with them are like. I'm fortunate. I'm very fortunate. Um, one of them doesn't contact me online. She calls me and um, iMessages me, which is fine. But she's super good. Um, but th that's what I would say to you. Because i got to close this thing down and go to bed at a halfway decent hour. Um, look at your life. And let me look honestly. Because I cannot stand people who freaking fudge things. Forget the fudge. Yeah. Look at your life and catalog your day. Keep track. Do, okay, I'm going to give you an assignment. If you people need an assignment, do this. Take, what is today? Thursday? Well, it's Thursday here. Is it Thursday? No, it's Friday. Son of a thousand fathers. Okay. Take this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And from the time you get up in the morning to the time you go to bed, Keep track. <sighs> Keep track of your yawning. Keep track of your activities. Like with a calendar, you know, it's got seven, eight, nine, ten. Keep track of the activities, the things you do at e for each hour. 
So if you were online from 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock in the morning, you've been online for two hours. If you get off and then come back at 11 and go to 12, that's another hour. So in other words, and, and, and have it, you know, internet slash social media, um, household uh, slash work, and then personal time. And map out your day and how you spend your time. And at the end of the day, draw a line, add up the hours, and see. Oh, damn, I hate to Shawnee. Sorry. And see where you're spending your time. Do it again Saturday. Do it Sunday. Um, when Monday comes, skip Monday, skip Tuesday. Do Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday compare and see where you're spending your time. You're going to be shocked. You're going to think, wow, uh, this, this is crazy. Uh, because the thing is, is if you're working, you might have, say, seven to five, uh, whatever, or seven to four, three, whatever that schedule is. But then, you know, you're on your phone, too, or you're doing stuff. Um Whatever it is, do that and see where you're spending your time. And I would suggest that if you discover you're spending a tremendous amount of time on social media, make some adjustments to lower that time and limit yourself and limit your exposure to people in these apps and online and focus more on your life, your family's life, and your friends, your, your physical friends' lives in your church, those types of things. Women spend more, pay more attention to your husbands and children. Men pay more attention to your wives and children. You'll have a much more fulfilling life. Okay, that's it. Go to bed. <coughs> it's so dry, this air. All right, good night.